Very Serious Crafts podcast is now on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast. You'll get early access to episodes, find out about our unfiltered patron-only off-week episodes, and more. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. We're very serious crafters. And we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. Hello and welcome to the best of seasons one and two of the Very Serious Crafts podcast. I'm Molly from Wild Olive and I'm going to be your lone host on this little adventure looking back at some of Haley and Heidi and my favorite moments from our first two seasons of this podcast. We started this journey out um, having no idea where this would go and it's been so much fun and despite the fact that we are the Very Serious Crafts podcast, we um, we've obviously we laugh a lot as we uh, hang out and and talk and reminisce and all of those things. And even though we are a crafts podcast, we like to think of a, of ourselves as a little bit of a comedy podcast too. Often that is just um, it just happens. It, we're not trying to be overly funny, but it just happens. And so. Uh, We have selected a few of our favorite clips, and we hope that they make you laugh as much as they made us laugh while we were recording and even afterwards. Enjoy. I I want to tell you guys something that Heidi did that blew my mind. So when (laughs) when I was (laughs) so when I was in Chicago with you guys, when we went to Molly's local um, independent yarn store, we were wandering around and I was fondling fiber as one does (laughs) and trying to decide what yardage I needed to make some hats because I was getting emergency yarn in case my flight did not leave from Chicago the next day. And I wanted to make sure that I had enough yarn to make a thing if I ended up stuck in the airport. And so Heidi, who has been deep in the charting and spreadsheets, (laughs) asked me quite reasonably, what size my head was <laughs> and I like I have known the answer to this many different times but had not stored it it would seem and so I did not really like I was I was guessing and Heidi's response the answer by the way is uh right around 20 inches Mm -hmm. but Heidi's response was oh then you need teen sizing (laughs) and there was just crickets while my brain exploded (laughs) because uh, of course that's a thing and like I, as an Aspie adult woman with certain things ordered in certain ways in my brain, mm-hmm. had myself as an adult woman right. in the adult women's sizing section. Mm-hmm. Now, we've all heard me talk about clothes. <laughs> we all know that that's not the case in clothes, and yet. <laughs> and so I just had this moment that 
continued like thinking through it like why have hasn't it ever occurred to me that <laughs> I should actually look to see what size like that I shouldn't assume that a women's size would fit that I don't probably need to go down a needle size or two I could probably just knit things actually designed to be the right size it was a whole thing I mean also a very um duh <laughs> moment and so I finally started looking for teen-sized patterns on Ravelry when I got back to New York and found the the Bosch hat that I talked about last time has two sizes. One of them is a smaller, like, teen-sized head size. And I think that it's, like, smaller adult women and larger adult women. I, I yeah, think that that, that was makes the sense. design idea. Yeah. Um, but... All of the sudden, this whole new world has opened to me of actually not having to be worried as long as I hit gauge yeah. that a thing is going to fit. And I feel like a gigantic idiot and also utterly delighted. So thanks, Heidi, for blowing my mind yeah. in the middle of a yarn store. I, well, and in my, in my defense, the only reason I know that is because my head is 20 and three quarters inches. Because yeah. as we determined when we hung out in real life, as Haley and I stood next to each other, not only do we have similar voices um, and personal styles, um, I'm roughly 10 to 15% just bigger in all aspects than Haley. So I'm still like neighborhood <laughs> a petite, but very specifically just Haley scaled up just a teeny little bit and blonde. <laughs> I, I just it's, bought a hat pattern and I'm measuring my head right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We have um, do report back. Oh. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. I need. I should yep. take a picture of this. This is. Funny. Yeah. I could not hear you because I was measuring my head, but I have a bigger <laughs> head than you guys. I'm just gonna say that. We have we have weirdly small heads though. Like as do most adult women. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so the hat pattern right. that I just bought should fit me. I'm gonna assume since I measured out at 22 and a half ish. That's much more. Which is that's normal. much more typical. Like that is that is the size that is supposed to <laughs> yes um and the size i have been knitting for and then wondering why my hat has drooped over my eyes every time <laughs> yeah oh gosh it's a whole thing so i <laughs> people people are always going to think that i'm on instagram which might not be inaccurate but i feel like i often <laughs> am bringing like the cool instagram feeds or the things that i think are are cool instagram feeds anyway this one is a little bit on the weirder side but i love it and i so i sent the link to um heidi and Haley in advance and this instagram account is called wonderful world craft and i will link to it in the show notes i found it through the other instagram feed called 70s dinner party which yes. if you're not following that <laughs> wow um <laughs> so Wonderful World Craft is just, I, it's almost like we probably should have made this Instagram because it's pretty much pictures of vintage crafts and vintage tutorials. And we love that sort of thing around here. It's why we often yes. reminisce about our um, crafting days gone by. But, um, but some of these <laughs> things are just on the slightly odd side, would we say? Is that accurate? I mean, to say that this is disconcerting it's a lot perhaps? of like yeah. the kind of crafts you would find in a basement in 1973 right so like yeah. there's a 
they they show a, a good selection. Good is probably the the wrong word there, but <laughs> subjective. A selection of um, projects from the great pantyhose craft book, for oh. example. Yes, <laughs> I love it. So you know, because you can use pantyhose to sculpt the face of a doll that isn't weird at all, right? Um, One can yeah. do that. Yes. I mean, it's One true, can. and I have seen many of them uh, hanging out in booths at antique shops. Yeah. Uh, there's also like. <laughs> it's a, a nursery mobile that is made out of pantyhose. I'm going to assume like colored tights is is uh, plays a large role in this. There's definitely a creepy clown hanging from this. Oh, yeah. um, huh. It's, you know, and again, like you said, like knit scarves as a as a title. Some of <laughs> knit these scarves like, exclamation knit point. scarves. Knit um, scarves. <laughs> there's a book called Cat Knits. And it is, there's a enormous dolman sleeved sweater, cardigan, I'm assuming, um, with a giant cat and flowers on the backside of this sweater. Yes. I'm so in. <sighs> yeah. It's, there's it's really lot. some very special things. Um, is it, it definitely? I don't know. It does look like it could be felted, but it or says full. that it's but. 20 delightful designs for hand knitters. So. Well, that doesn't mean it isn't. It doesn't mean it isn't, but I don't but know. can you imagine how big it must have been if it is? Right. The, for for the, the listener, this is like 80s big. Yes, exactly. size. Like it's, arms three times wider than any human arm. Yeah. Probably has shoulder pads. Definitely yep. hands down to your knees. Yeah. Um, and this yeah. is in like a regular size, presumably adult. Yeah mm-hmm. the 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 model the model you can tell. <laughs> she, I mean, her head looks so tiny on the top of this <laughs> sweater yes. because it's so big. Yeah, it's um, a very large sweater. We also in this um, we have lots of models, male models wearing sweaters. Um, that my mom said this was definitely the Tom Selleck era. Of models, she is. That was the very accurate description. There are some beautiful cop stashes. Yes, absolutely. and I say that with a dad who has a cop stash. Yeah, because he was a cop. <laughs> There's, uh, I mean, some things. I was describing this to my my dad because I love, I, I love talking about these things with people even who don't care about crafts as much as I do. But there, there's a, it's a mobile that you make out of eggshells and a coat hanger and he just said why and that was exactly it why would you make this it's not it's not attractive and exciting but there it is it was a craft to be made in the past why would you make it if you weren't five i i would but you wouldn't make it out of eggshells if you were five if you were on the farm and didn't have access to a craft store says the girl from north dakota you might i suppose I you like that Sorry. it says underneath, <laughs> this makes a pretty decoration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was just what was happening. Like, crafts out of bleach bottles. I have yeah. I have so many crafts yeah. that are made out of recyclable materials that people could yeah. bear to part with. And I think There's this definitely- is... And then I feel like this goes from the, like older timey way of like making an amigurumi nail polish cover that looks like a poodle or like a toilet paper cover right. that looks like a poodle evolved 
by a couple decades but made with like weirder and weirder things because this was like in the yes. era of like aspics in cooking and like jello with yes. hot dogs in it like this this whole yes. taste was questionable oh as a whole in this era which is why it <laughs> rules yes in my opinion um <laughs> Not yeah. wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't want to dwell on this for too long. Um, but I will say, here's here's the last two things. First of all, just quickly, you want to come to this Instagram feed, if only for the um, post on how to make kinky paperweights. And that's all I'm going to say um, before we move on to the uber creepy crocheted doll. Yeah. <laughs> oh. How to make kinky paperweights and i'm not gonna say anything about it you shouldn't say anything about it that's all that there is i'm not saying anything about yeah, it. yeah. you guys just need to go look um, at this listeners <laughs> yeah just go check it out because but the, um it's horrifying you'll also be treated to the uber creepy crocheted baby doll it has yes. eyelids Ugh. and like a shaped nose and mouth and <laughs> It's it's a lot to handle. Yeah, I mean, if if you have nightmares about dolls, actually, you probably shouldn't look at this thing. But um, it's I I <laughs> I just don't know what to say about it. You just said it's a, and it's a sight to behold. It, it is. is, and its uh, outfit says in German, um, "I am your cuddly baby." <laughs> And I would not describe the doll as cuddly. How about you, Molly? No. No. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you covered its face. <laughs> I, I mean, and I honestly, I love babies and I'm actually, I love baby dolls, but this thing is, don't Ill give this to your child. It's ill-advised is what it is. It that is. Is. Definitely not. Imagine yeah. coming upon that in a dark basement. No, thank you. Oh, no. So, so yeah, so, have fun. Uh, yeah, <laughs> have, have <laughs> um, you know, take in, take in all of the glory of the, uh, of the wonderful world craft Instagram because, yeah. I think it could Vigorous be pretty nodding. amazing. I am I'm just very, saying. very here for this plan. That's totally going to happen and yeah. in the near future. 100%. Oh, we are velvet years old, guys. What? Velvet. It's a very 30s thing. Oh, I see. Oh. I see. We are velvet yeah. years old. We're entering our Stevie Nicks phase. I'm the youngest one here. I'm not, <laughs> I don't know if I'm prepared to say I'm in my Stevie Nicks phase yet. I think okay, I, I feel like I have to be like I feel like I need but to be in denial. But if you make those overalls, there's no turning back. Yeah. I feel like I need to be in denial for a little bit longer. All right, I support you. <laughs> and also the overalls. Yeah. Ooh, if you made them in okay. Haley, if you made them in pink and wore them to the wing, they would be so into it. There are velvet pink chairs at the yeah. wing. You could just sit there and be invisible. I just imagine. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually considering, uh, on this, uh, on this subject, I'm actually considering a pair of dusty rose wool trousers. Like a teak rose almost? Like a, yeah, like, like very antique rose. Mm -hmm. A little, yeah. a little on the, 
on the like smudgy brown side. A little on the like um, late eighties makeup palette feeling. Oh, I was thinking more like a little on the Victorian, um, the, the Victorian uh, color. Of type, course, but, of course. <laughs> um, like the inside of Victorian coffins. <laughs> <laughs> that that color that everyone calls by that name. <laughs> oh my gosh! Inside a it's Victorian m- coffin. It's it's a, great it's a muted pink, but it's a big deal because I hate pink. Well, and if you're dead, you won't care that there's pink in front of you. These are pants. Not I'm not I'm not sewing a coffin. I'm sewing pants. <laughs> but Ooh, in the color know, of a coffin. A no-sew coffin. <laughs> a no-sew coffin oh project. Oh my gosh. From Red handled. No. <laughs> it's been so nice to actually take these old things that have just been sitting there for a long time and really make it happen and it's a oh yeah and it's a thing that i do with my crafting all the time in in various things is when i will i will i always keep sketchbooks of things and occasionally it's just time to pull them out and look through them and even if an old thing doesn't translate into the new thing it often inspires it and kind of gives it something oh, yeah. to go. So this is my this is my grand advice for everyone is keep sketchbooks <laughs> and like look through the old ones every once in a while and sometimes you will go, "Wow, that was terrible. What was I thinking?" <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then occasionally you find a gem and you're like, "Why did I never do anything with that?" So there it is. It has worked out well for me. <laughs> No, I've got uh, color-coded um, note cards for different kinds of projects, and every every project idea goes on a note card in that color-coded area, and then I've got, like, this basically recipe box nice. to flip through, um, which is fun because you know how when you have a, like, just an idea, but you are in the middle of three other things at the time and just write it down and be like, all right, that's out of my brain. Yeah. And I don't look at them nearly as often as I should, but when I do, I'm like, oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, why don't we do that? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like having um, a Rolodex would work for that system, too. Like, if you had a really cool vintage Rolodex. Yeah, it's just fun to spin. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) I, I am... Now on eBay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Looking up my Rolodex. Crafty inspiration Rolodex. I wonder if there's a Rolodex punch. Oh, yeah. I imagine there is. I think there is, yeah. Well, because, like, I've used the um, Happy Planner, which is really big right now in the planner world. And I'm not much of a paper crafter, but the Happy Planner I love because you can get... It's a three-hole punch, but instead of punching three holes, it punches nine, like little notches yeah. so you can spiral bind your notebooks and also be able to rearrange the pa- rearrange the pages it's literally a rolodex but as a notebook so there's got to be a That's punch nice. for rolodexes because rolodexes obviously predate the happy planner <laughs> i'm i'm sure that i could fall down a whole rabbit hole of rolodex and rolodex related tools i'm sure there's like the be all end all of like vintage rolodex mm-hmm. um that rolodexes uh that that Rolodexes <laughs> that people are searching for at antique shops. Like, I can see this rabbit hole. Yeah. I, I'm maybe avoiding it. Yeah. I, 
I haven't yeah. decided yet. There's also, you could also yeah. get like a crappy vintage Rolodex and paint it to look like sushi. See, we're connecting the dots here. There you go. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that really would look like. But, I mean, it is like a, a sushi Rolodex. It, it works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sushi roll. Exactly. A Dex. Yeah. Oh, boy. Guys, I don't get it. Yeah, Molly's picking up what I'm putting down, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am clearly too literal. I, I have no idea what either of you are talking. I, about. I have no idea what it would look like, but it's the it's the yeah. wordplay here. A sushi roll. Yeah. Oh wait, no, I can picture what it would look like because you know sushi. Yeah, is yeah. Like roll. You have yeah. to have a very. Like they're, they're round. Yeah. So it needs to be a very full Rolodex, I think. But you would no. only see it from the side. Yeah. Like it would only be in its full sushi glory if you came at it from the side, yeah. not head on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm with you now. <laughs> yeah. This is us. This is us designing in real time collaboratively, folks. This is how our brains work. <laughs> Aren't you super not, excited? <laughs> I did not see that conversation going in that direction, but that was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, see, your sketchbooks lead to all kinds of inspiration. Uh-huh. That's right. I just mm-hmm. use like like uh, composition books. That's I go cheap and easy, and there I just have stacks of them. But now mm-hmm. I see the error in my ways. Sushi Rolodex. <laughs> yeah, why aren't you using a sushi Rolodex? <laughs> why isn't everyone <laughs> exactly? <laughs> Oh, my, oh my goodness. <clears throat> okay, then. I, well, I don't have... Yeah. Um, transition out so of that I, one. I, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. So that was an example of how sometimes while we're in the middle of recording, uh, we get ideas and we think that they're brilliant. I don't know that they really are, but whatever. Other times while we're in the middle of recording... Other things happen. Now, I wasn't present for this episode, but Haley and Heidi were talking about vintage yarn and, well, in the midst of it, they learned some interesting things. And I have to tell you, this is one of my personal favorite moments of this entire podcast. I didn't even get to be part of it, but I laughed and laughed as I was editing the episode. And I hope you enjoy it again now. But so all this to say is the current sweater that I'm working on right now, actually, is this is the first time I will have knit a vintage sweater from a vintage pattern using the originally intended vintage yarn. So that's that's, cool. I I feel like it's really cool. Um, Thanks to eBay (laughs) and um, various antique stores. I um, sorry, I just ran over my long tail. Um, so thanks to eBay, <laughs> yarn, yeah, um, yeah, not my own. I'm not a cat. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we forgot to tell you. But um, yeah, so thanks to eBay, I was able to get a lot of six skeins of this yarn that's from a company that's called Columbia Minerva. It's a yarn company that is now defunct. And they made this... Columbia Minerva? Yeah, just like... As in, go team goddesses. Yeah, totally. And so the whole brand is just called Columbia Minerva. And then the specific yarn I got is called Knitting Worsted. Not like, fantabulous wool yarn. It's literally just called Knitting Worsted because this is from the early 60s. And people just named things what they are. Go figure. 
old Sears catalogs make me so happy. Yeah. Because I'm just like, yep, that is exactly what that is. Yep. Thank you. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I have six skeins of this yarn that is 100% virgin wool, according to the label, washable colors, and permanently moth-proofed. <laughs> So what, pray tell, I don't know, chemical is in that. It yarn. sure feels chemically to the touch. I'll tell you that much. So I don't know if this is like basically um, proto superwash. I assume this is 100% wool that's just soaked in plastic at some point. But 100% moth proofed or 100% virgin wool permanently moth proofed is what it says on the label. So... Guarantee Columbia Minerva yarns are guaranteed against manufacturing defects. <laughs> I would just like to say they better be since Minerva is the Roman goddess of wisdom mm-hmm. and Columbia is obviously <laughs> a goddess-ish of liberty. Mm-hmm. Well, like <laughs> I don't know, I'm adjacent. I'm just so here for this. Like, and on the label, it even says, use fabulous wool care, the cold water wool soap for perfect washing results. And it's wool care with a K. So I, I'm here for this this yarn. Like, this yarn was designed to ad- still be wool, but address the needs of a knitter in 1960. I just, I'm in, I'm here for that. I anyway. I'm so curious about the permanently moth proof. Yeah, I am too. While you Google that, I'll just talk about the pattern. <laughs> you know that I know. I can hear your keys. Oh. <laughs> anyway, listeners, sorry. This is what happens oh. when you get Team H in the house without Molly to keep us on track. Um, sorry. So the booklet that I'm working from, I found this magazine called Teach Yourself to Knit the Easy, the Easy Columbia Minerva Way. Book, $7.44. List price, $0.75. Cents. <laughs> And on the cover, there's um, what's supposed to be a mother and daughter standing or sitting back to back, both knitting at the same time. So I think the idea is that you're supposed to be able to buy this book and like teach your child to knit with you. And then it comes with all these patterns specifically for Columbia Minerva yarns. Cool. And the pattern that I am knitting is simply called Garter Stitch Cardigan. Um, Pattern number 744-30. And, I mean, it is what it says it is. A plain, seamed, garter-stitched cardigan. Oh, yes. I I love that. It's kind of, it, and it's definitely of the 60s. Like, it, it hits right at your upper hip. Um, and it's just garter-stitch all over. And then the for the finishing, you hand-seam um, a rolled hem at the collar, cuffs, and hem of the sweater. And then you do, I think, six buttons. But it's, I'm excited because I think I'll be able to finish this thing while on vacation other than maybe the buttons because it's worsted weight. And I'm just so excited to actually be working from a vintage pattern in its originally intended yarn. It's No, that is... It's cool. That's delightful. I had to, and all the sizing, I had to use vintage sizing. Um, and I, in the show notes, I, I am sure I've linked this in past episodes where I've talked about making vintage sweaters, but there's a really good sizing chart so you can compare your contemporary size to what your vintage size equivalent is um because i think i'm like an eight or a 10 in contemporary sizes and a 14 16 in vintage depending on the pattern yep so i'll link to that stuff because it's a really useful resource and 
beyond saying that I'm doing this thing, that's mostly the topic I have. But if anybody has any questions or anything about working with a vintage pattern, they can shoot me an email as well through the podcast. I have information. Yay, tell me. I'm so excited. I'm it's probably giving me a disease as I work on this, but go for it. Uh, okay, so <laughs> moth-proofed wool oh, yarns are made by adding mitten, F-F, M-I-T-I-N-F-F, which is so colfuron sodium. Sounds very um, 1960, as far as chemical names. <laughs> and it's regularly listed next to DDT with um, pesticides. Oh, crap. Am I not going to be able to wear this thing? Um, uh, it has, okay, it has been shown. Are you ruining my project while I'm casting on the first sleeve, you monster? Shown according to the EPA fact sheet for it to be a known neurotoxin. (laughs) Dermal um, skin contact studies have shown urethmia and necrosis in test animals. Is that, is that, if that, is that a, like I was dipped in a vat of this? Or should I genuinely put down the knitting right now? Okay. (laughs) And have my project ruined. Because this yarn is in incredible shape for yeah. being dead stock from 1958 or whatever. It's also been known to cause altered sleep time. <laughs> um, okay, so... This is terrible news. <laughs> and I'm getting this information from, well, both the EPA fact sheet and from a website called Knitting the Natural Way. This is, um, I am not knitting the natural way. Which also does reference the EPA. Um, and it says, quote, though the consumption through yarn is minimal compared to working with the raw pesticide, you have to consider what effects working with and wearing yarns coated in even a very low dose of neurotoxins might have. And what about the... Never mind. I, I'm going to not continue... <laughs> along um there haven't been many moth proof hand knitting yards available which is interesting maybe because Um, they're killing us i'm being killed in real time and moth proofed yarns are used mostly for items like rugs Mm, okay so which makes a lot of sense (sighs) maybe i'll have to latch hook with this yarn after i finish the sweater and then tear it apart because i'll never be able to wear it Dang it! I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, since I was a kid, I have always liked rocks and crystals and things like that. But um, I'm also kind of witchy, so I like those things for those reasons too. But I've been, I've been really enjoying making like custom jewelry for me. Like I made, and I will show you guys this. Uh, triangular beaded um thing with with metal work on top and i managed to get the balance of it right so it does not tilt it actually stays centered which is it didn't occur to me until i was doing it um that that is actually a consideration Hmm. when making jewelry that makes sense and so i've been uh i've been really enjoying it yeah but now uh I cannot, for the life of me, find... I, I went to a, 
a bead store in um, in Midtown in Manhattan with some friends who were visiting town uh, last year, I think. So I bought some beads with the intention of making a necklace a while ago. And I also have a favorite necklace from like my college years. It was a vintage necklace that um, the string finally disintegrated, basically. And it's cat eye beads. Mm -hmm. And I definitely saved them and put them away. I cannot find either thing right now. And I have been... like tearing my workspace apart, <laughs> just trying to figure out where in the world I put these things that have just existed in my workspace, like as things that I have seen in passing for so long and I can't find any of them. And now that I'm totally ready to make some jewelry, I, I don't know where they are. So I guess I have to actually finish organizing or reorganizing my studios because I don't know where they are and I want them now. <laughs> At my house, when that happens, we always say, oh, they're in a really safe place. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, I thought, Molly, I thought at your house, it was that one pouch where you lost your coffee sleeve the night before our live show. Yes. I will check and see if your beads have ended up in the magical, in the magical project bag. something else in that pouch? There was at least two things. Yeah, there were at least two things. <laughs> yeah. Maybe my beads yeah. are in that pouch. Would you check? <laughs> I will I will check. It's like the Bermuda <laughs> you never know of craft storage. <laughs> Which it is, is kind of like, well, I have craft Narnia under my desk. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. Um, and have long had craft Narnia. That used to be where like uh, CHA samples and stuff lived. Uh-huh. So it was always I, I very nearly built a little door just to put all of it behind there so I could So then you can be like, yeah, it's organized in there. Like a, a cupboard and call it Craft Narnia. But anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I really hope that um, you, if you had put that door in, you would have made an entranceway that was all filled with fur coats. <laughs> little fur coats. <laughs> Hello, vegan. <laughs> right, but you can get you could just do well, faux fur, faux fur, and then make them. The, all right, all right, and then fine. make them cat. Yes, 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 and then make yes, them cat I'm- sized. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yes, I didn't that's a know good where idea. you were going with I- that, other than I, I, I got the the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe <laughs> reference. Uh, and the fur coats, and that was not where I thought you were headed. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I you're, really appreciate. You're welcome, everyone. I don't know if I'll ever find out truly where you know any kind of history to go along with it. But as I was finding yes. or trying to find out more about my particular spinning wheel, um, is I found this website, and it's theknittinggenie.com, and. Mm-hmm. There's some fun stories that were actually published in newspapers going back to 18th, early 19th century. Mm. So we have one that was from the, the coroner's inquest from 1827. Wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was the, the Burroughs Worcester Journal. Says on Thursday at Hollow, on the body of a poor woman of the name of Martha Middleton, 
who dropped from her chair whilst working at a spinning wheel and instantly expired. Verdict. Died by the visitation of God. What? (laughs) But the spinning wheel is part of the official inquest. (laughs) I loved it. I mean... Died by the visitation of God. So you better hope that God doesn't visit you while you're at the spinning wheel because right? it does not end well. Right? Um, then we have we have from, from 1841. That is how you get a ghost. Yeah. That is definitely how you get a ghost in your spinning it, wheel. It is. Yeah. Um, we do have mm-hmm. also um, the story of... Uh, the, it says there is now in the possession of John Abbott of Fallafoot. A cat, which is possessed of faculties unknown by any Grimalkin that we have seen or read of. This domestic what? tiger... Yeah, I know. This domestic tiger can easily open or fasten any door of the cottage in a manner astonishing to behold by actually climbing up and placing its foot in a peculiar manner on the latch. But what is most wonderful, Mrs. Abbott, who is the last remnant of the olden time residing in that village, occupies some portion of her time in spinning. To which the puss lends all the assistance in her power, <laughs> exerting her utmost in the carding of the wool. <laughs> and when... <laughs> wait, wait, wait! It gets better. And when her... How do I get one of those? <laughs> <laughs> and when her mistress will allow, will rattle about the spinning wheel in a manner that would bring the blush on many of our modern female cousins, who would find... No would find some difficulty at least in competing with this self-acquired performer on the spinning wheel so it's like a pole dancing cat i I guess so there are so many things to dissect i know Um, i i will be i will put the link to this in the show notes so that everyone can enjoy these stories but there's one more that i thought Haley would especially enjoy um oh yes oh boy uh i, I don't know if i can handle more I, <laughs> this one probably won't make you blush but um we hear a, we hear from wingrove near islesburg in bucks that a few days ago one Susanna hannocks an elderly woman of that place was accused by a neighbor of being a witch for that she had bewitched her spinning wheel so that she could not make it go round and offered to make an oath of it before a magistrate. So apparently... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, witch the way I, crafting. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's <laughs> placed a curse on the spinning wheel. <laughs> I don't think it was a curse. I'm pretty sure. Oh, wait, wait. What? Is the witch stopping the spinning wheel from moving yes. or making it move? Yeah, she bewitched her spinning wheel so that she could not make it go round. So the witch did this to uh, to someone oh. else. Yeah. Oh, see, I was thinking the witch was shortening her own work by making the spinning wheel go on its right. own, which is a far better use of that kind of well, thing. Well, if you think about it, she <laughs> she hasn't, it doesn't actually say that she hasn't done that. Like, it's quite possible that she also bewitched her own spinning wheel to produce uh, faster. <laughs> therefore, I mean, that would be some witchcraft. Yeah, therefore outproducing the neighbor. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> okay 
Okay. Where do I learn these spells is what I want to know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that was from. I hear tell that there's some knitting in my sleep that I could be doing. Okay. Like, honestly, I, my crystals need to get with it. Well, I, this goes back to uh, the Whitehall Evening Post in London from 1759. So first you're going to have to hop back in time. Then you can get your information from Susanna Hannocks. I mean, I could just get out a a pentagram, <clears throat> Molly, <laughs> and call her up. <laughs> oh, this is so funny. Anyway. Yeah, I I was just like, yeah. what was it? Wait, was it pentagram that you said? What was it? Pentagon or pentagon? I was pentagon. I was pentagon. Yes, I called Pardon it a pentagon. Yes, it's true. Sometimes I use the wrong word, or forget what I was going to say entirely. I don't mind being the comic relief in this show. Anyway, here's a listen at how that original Pentagon Pentagram conversation got started, and it explains a little bit about why I don't do much knitting math either. Oh, and one last thing that I was going to mention was um, I do have a hashtag I use on my Instagram sometimes. Um, It's stop, swatch, and block it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I like like to use that whenever I'm doing posting about like design stuff because that amuses me. (laughs) I like it. And it also like if you'd like to get it right on a big scale, that's... Honestly, you won't be sorry that you spent that time. And, like, if you have any sort of RSI, um, like carpal tunnel tendinitis, like, just go ahead and do the math and save your body for actually being able to make something (laughs) instead of making something and being like, wow, I just knitted 306 rows and I can't feel my thumbs, but uh, now I have to tear this all out because I screwed it up. Uh, Like, yeah. Work work smarter, not I've never done that before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and it's taken me years of design to like design being a designer to be smart enough to design in this way. But I, I am team, team graph paper and team doing all the math. But as I told uh, Haley earlier this week, I just usually try to rely on some sort of knitting incantation. Was that what I said? I <laughs> it was it was knitting incantation. The, the knitting math, which is my favorite yeah, idea. The, the knitting math is still a little like scary to me so when i see it actually played out i'm like oh well that that made a lot of sense that seemed a lot easier than what i would have been trying (laughs) i can just imagine you like sitting at a table with with everything pinned and spread out just i I don't know the nonsense words flying (laughs) a pentagram on the ground (laughs) well probably not Oh yes. Oh, I, I mean, good, but that's the only way to really get the knitting gods to listen. I'm a good Christian girl. I don't do any pentagons. Pentagons. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even allowed to say it. I feel like, honestly, that said it all right there. <laughs> oh man. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I do. I do pentagons. But only a little bit in English paper piecing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. Although I like, I like hexagons significantly better than pentagons. Way better. Way better. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're heading down a whole other topic now. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
Okay. So I will say, words sometimes do get us into trouble on this podcast. We try to keep this to be a somewhat family-friendly podcast so that anyone can listen. And that takes us to what has probably become the most famous or infamous, if you will, clip from our podcast. It's one of our favorites, probably our most favorite, certainly the one we talk about the most, and that is the topic of hamster sweaters. So no best of episode would be complete if we didn't include this. Please enjoy this gem from episode two, our very second episode of the podcast that will live on forever. But uh, we want to hear from you, Heidi. What have you uh, what have you been making lately or getting excited about? Uh, what's new? Um, well, the big project that I just wrapped up um, was this collection of um, miniature sweaters. Um, they're called mini fandom sweaters. Um, I don't want this to sound too pluggy, but um, these sweaters are inspired by five of the biggest fandoms out there. So we're talking things like Wonder Woman, Doctor Who, Star Wars, Star Trek, Harry Potter. I wanted to do more, but at a certain point, five patterns was enough <laughs> to have on and my they are glorious <laughs> thanks um but i uh the thing with these sweaters that like when i talk to people about like oh what are you working on they're like so these are tiny sweaters why <laughs> and, and for reference for, for people listening how tiny are they like what what's the measurement uh they're about five they're about five inches tall um, okay. They do in so a medium sized rat could wear them. Well, it's funny. <laughs> it's or maybe maybe Molly's skinny pigs. Mm. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Well, it's funny you guys talk about rodents and these sweaters, and I swear this story I'm about to tell Haley and Molly have not heard before. So I made my first tiny sweater um, as just a free blog pattern for Harry Potter's birthday, which is at the end of July, which. I'm a former teen services librarian, so this is something I know about. Uh, common knowledge to me, but maybe not everybody knows when Harry Potter's birthday is. But so I made a tiny Weasley sweater that just had, I put an H on it for Heidi slash Harry Potter or Haley in this context. Um, and I was at a music festival, and this was the middle of the summer. And so already knitting out in public in the middle of the summer extra catches people atten- people's attention. Like, people already get excited when they see crafting in public, no matter what. But when it's knitting in the middle of July, they're like, what is wrong with this person? Happens to me a lot. Um, (laughs) But I'm working on this tiny sweater. And I'm doing it on double-pointed needles. So there's five needles. And to somebody who's never seen that before, they're, like, kind of shocked. Um, And so I'm sitting on the ground at a music festival, just, like, having a beer, enjoying the music. And this really intoxicated woman starts stumbling past. And I'm just trying to make sure she doesn't, like, trip over and, like, spill on my work. And then she's, like, talking to her friend. And she's like, oh, this musical fe- music festival has all these hipsters. And I was like, oh, boy, I'm just going to make sure I don't get spilled on and just ignore this person. Because making eye contact seems like a bad decision. So I'm just, you know, head down in my work. And then she staggers close to me and looks down at my knitting and goes, and this b- is knitting a hamster sweater. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> um, by the way, listeners, um, Heidi has not yet learned that she can't use those words on this podcast. Oh, sorry. But um, 
I'm so impressed that Heidi got in trouble before I did. I don't understand how it happened. And I used to work with children. (laughs) But I... Never mind. (laughs) All right, that's going to bring this best of episode to a close. We hope that you have enjoyed listening to some of our favorite moments from the first two seasons of the Very Serious Crafts podcast. And we would love to hear from you what some of your favorite moments have been as well. And now on behalf of Haley and Heidi and myself, we want to say thanks for listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. And finally, if you're a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. Thanks so much for listening.